Hello everyone and welcome to the Demographicast. My name is Jack. I'm joined as always with Brett and Alex. Hello. Joined Hello. always Hello. by as with always. Joined joined with always by <laughs> Brett and Alex. Joined by as always. We have to apologise if the quality isn't as good as it usually is. Um, we had a really good mic last week and uh, Brett's broken it, so we can't use it. <laughs> um, so quite a lot has happened in the past. Well, it's two weeks, isn't it, right, since we recorded the last... Is it two or three? Three? I think it's three, yeah. Oh dear. Three weeks <laughs> since we recorded the last one, so a lot has, a lot has happened. Um, we're just going to be focusing on the general election today, I think. Um, I don't think there's much point talking about anything no, else, is no, there? Really? No, not really. I can't even remember. Things go so quickly now, basically, yeah. that it's difficult to recollect events. I was thinking yeah, this. Yeah. I think it's that's quite worrying. Mm. Especially the amount of scandals. Like we were talking earlier yeah. about the things that have happened in the last week. Just I can't remember things that happened two or three weeks ago. <laughs> I can't remember things that happened yesterday. No, no, me either. No. Um, so it's it's like it, something happens and it takes up a whole day of news coverage. And then the next day, you have another big event. It's like we've never been off, like, the election speed, you know? Yeah. Because of, yeah. of Brexit, it just feels like nothing's changed, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I, I suppose that then leads to things happening, people not being held to account for those things happening, and then the reoccurrence of, yeah, like you are saying, scandals. Look at where that's got the United States, whether you agree with the politics or not. Yeah. It's... You know, it's it's not a particularly healthy climate for um, for politics, mm. and I think we're heading towards that direction. And if we're not already there, right? Exactly. Would you say that we are? I think we are. Yeah, having looked at that's like the like, same level. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's maybe not because people keep accusing Trump of make creating new scandals to get rid of the old scandals. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, change the media's uh, yeah. um, focus. But, so I don't know if we're actually doing that here yet. But, uh, I don't know if it's there's that much thought that's, that goes into it. You don't think so? No, 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 no. I think that'd take like a bit of nuance. I think you can look too much into these, these yeah, sorts of things. Especially if you're somebody like Trump and you come from a business background and you can just kind of do stuff and you're the benign, uh, benign benevolent dictator <laughs> and you can people aren't really going to question your moves. If you transfer that then to politics or to a presidency, you then feel like, you just act in the same way. And then when people start trying to hold you to account for it, yeah, it's like, that's never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. That I'm just going to continue portraying the same behaviour. Trump, just by doing things, seems to cause the scandal. Yeah, I, I don't you know. think there's any thought like, yeah. let's yeah. continuously try and make... No, sc- I just think they yeah. do crazy stuff yeah, and yeah. then there's a scandal and they think they can get away with it and, yeah. well, or they do get away with it. Um, I, think, I think that would more likely be the case with, people, with Boris Johnson. Like, he'd more likely well, be... Well, he'd be more likely to create a new scandal to right. get rid of the focus on the previous one. That's what people were saying during the Brexit um, negotiations, wasn't it? It was like there was these long, thought-out plans as to what they were going to do, whether they were pursuing no deal or trying to get a deal or what kind of deal they were trying to get, what narratives were they trying to set, what were the lines that they were being given of the day. And, it was like they were kind of playing 3D chess, wasn't it? That was like yeah, the whole, you know, yeah. what we got to work out yeah, what their yeah. next step is. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think it's that thought for it. Again, I think you can get two House of Cards mm. with this stuff and think that there's these massive plans when a lot of the time people are doing stuff on the fly and a lot of the time it's just reacting to events instead of 
planning maybe, for stuff to happen. Maybe we're giving them too much credit and we think that they're more prepared than they actually are. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I think that's the same for successive governments. Like, yeah. I think one of the things that makes the thick of it so good, and I, I'm, we were saying before, I've been watching these Alistair Campbell series of interviews, and he does one with, two with Owen Jones. They're very, very interesting. And um, Owen Jones brings up Malcolm Tucker in the thick of it. If you haven't seen the thick of it, you should watch it because it's incredible. Um, and asks if that's what it was really like because it is just reacting to events. People do stuff yeah. and they do stupid stuff or they make mistakes and then they have to be mopped up or covered up and it's just, that's all you're doing. You're just constantly yeah. reacting to events. And I think that that's more, that's probably closer to the truth than there being any real thought out plans. And I think that goes for the general election as well. I think that <laughs> if you're a strategist and you see Boris Johnson mopping the floor of a northern town that's just been flooded, you must think, for fuck's sake, what, <laughs> like, what, what, what are we doing? This, that's not planned out, is it? You've got people showering him in the streets. Or yeah. these, these hospital visits where people at the hospital aren't even told that the Prime Minister's going to be visiting their hospital. And then he turns up and they wonder why he's being heckled. Yeah. Because when you do stuff kind of just for as a PR stunt or you're not really thinking through things, you're just doing them, you're going to get those kinds of reactions. I suppose those kind of spontaneous events are to sort of maintain a sense of like authenticity, I guess. Yeah. Because if you have it too formal and too corporate, then it just it looks dishonest, doesn't it? But then by trying to fake authenticity, yeah. you're not authentic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like a... Vicious, Vicious cycle, cycle, yeah. yeah. Um, so to bring it back to the general election conversation, um, it's a. I think it's probably the most unpredictable general election in our lifetimes, and we've had a few unpredictable yeah, ones. Got a few elections, <laughs> elections, yeah. <laughs> but I think this one is particularly unpredictable, and I think that. Um, well, I'll ask for your predictions at the end. Okay. But I don't think anybody couldn't predict no. I, I think it's in some ways it's a great time to be a political commentator if you are one and in sometimes it's in some ways it's an awful time to be a political commentator because I've heard some predictions and I think if that is wrong your credibility now is shot or like a pollster it'd be an awful time to yeah. run polls because I mean they all say different things some have got the Tories 20 points ahead some have got them five points ahead some have got the Lib Dems uh, you know 10 points behind Labour or even with like it's just an impossible time to predict what's what's going to happen it feels like there's so many more factors in this election as well you've got the Brexit party how much are they going to split the Conservative yeah. vote you've got the Lib Dems and the Greens and Plaid Cymru doing their Remain Pact how is that going to impact the Labour vote what did you think of the Brexit party decision as a strategy decision what to, uh, to remove the rem- yeah. candidates so if you if yeah if you don't know they they aren't fielding candidates in seats that the Conservatives have won in the last election. So it's three hundred yeah. candidates. I I think out of what six hundred was that? Yeah, it's like planning on. Yeah. yeah, what's the actual number? Six six fifty. Yeah, six fifty. Yeah. It's hard to I don't know. It's hard to figure out what their aims are, what their goals are. I don't. I think it's probably to win power. That's the whole point of politics, so you well, know yeah. they, they can't be blamed for that. Um, and try and get some semblance of Brexit mm. across the line. Mm-hmm. 
the best Farage has still been slagging the Conservatives off in the, like, in the last yeah. few days I think since. that he's probably been trying to get a Brexit, a proper Brexit alliance where they weigh up the opportunities to win seats up and down the country and then say we'll stand aside in some places you stand aside in other places yeah. Conservatives aren't going to do that because they want to win a majority and mm-hmm. they probably feel like they can win a majority um, but we'll, yeah we'll, but we'll get on to that um, and I think that Farage was probably quite pissed off at the fact that they didn't agree to this Brexit alliance. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's not sitting himself, but no, that, that didn't really make sense to me. Well. Probably because he's tried about six times to become. Yeah, a right. It's but never worked. Seven, right? Six. Do you think a man like him wouldn't? If it, there's any chance of him getting in, it surely would be now. Yeah, I would have thought. You know, go and sit somewhere near where you're from and, and <laughs> sit like in the most leave yeah. place and get and get try and get voted in there. Yeah. yeah. Um but so that's by the by. I think that they then said, okay, they were probably under pressure to not field candidates in certain places because the Conservatives were worried that they were gonna split the vote and enable Labour to get in. Mm-hmm. But I do not see how this helps the chances of the Conservatives to get a majority. Right? Mm. Because... I think it looks like Farage has sort of slightly conceded to the Conservatives and people are going to think, oh, well, Farage clearly has faith in right, right, Boris. Right. Therefore, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to vote for Boris instead of Farage. Although... It would be my thinking. So this is like the post-truth era that we live in because I don't know if you guys listen, but I listen to Nigel Farage's LBC show quite a lot. And after the deal that Boris Johnson negotiated, it was constant, this is another EU treaty, this isn't Brexit, this is just Mrs May's treaty, you know, revamped. Uh, And it's a view, I think that it's probably true. I think I tend to agree that it's, you know, almost entirely similar. Um, It still doesn't solve the Irish border problem. And the Nigel Farage take was, this is another reason why we need to leave on a no deal. To then say, oh, we'll stand aside to let Conservatives in, does that not diminish your argument that the Brexit party are the only party that really want to get Brexit over the line? Like a proper form of Brexit, if that's what you believe. It just, uh... I, yeah, um, I think that what you were saying came from when Boris had just immediately got the deal. I feel like now that we've had, we've gone past the, uh, the 31st and when it was clear that we weren't going to leave on the, th- on, the, on the 31st, there seems to have been this sort of cultural moves that they just want everyone just wants to see Brexit done mm-hmm. or at least the Conservative vote space wants to see Brexit done so I think Farage is trying to tap in into that mentality and like like he was saying earlier just see some sort of semblance of Brexit done yeah you know because he, he's been praising the deal hasn't he in, in places and yeah it does seem like a, a complete a, like a completely strange U-turn to go from yeah leave from no deal exits to this deal, but yeah, I think I think he's trying to tap in tap into this uh, this mood of just oh let's just get it over and done with. I think that the most telling part of the whole Brexit party f- fiasco for me was I was watching the I was watching him deliver his speech when he was saying that they weren't going to fill the three hundred candidates, and when he said it, he got a massive round of applause. Right? right from the you know the Brexit yeah. Party supporters, and he turned around and said, "Well, I'm glad you like it because I was worried." And that, to me, that said a lot. 
to me, uh, that said, people are going to now turn around and, and think that I've, you know, done this massive U-turn and I've given up on yeah. wanting to pursue a, a no deal. You know, there's all this talk of it. It still ties us into these crucial parts of the EU that for a transition period that no dealers want to leave. Um, and I wouldn't have been surprised if then people turned on him. I mean, like the, like UKIP, for example, yeah. Yeah. have completely turned on Farage. Yeah. A lot of UKIP supporters have completely mm-hmm. turned on, on Farage. Um, there's a lot of weird infighting amongst the no deal lot. But I think that it showed that his ultimate goal is to get people into power. What else was interesting is all the other promises that they've made in the election. Have you seen these? They've made some... some considering they're supposed to be a one-issue party, they've made some really weird... Abolition statements. of the House of Lords and total and complete political reform. Really? Change to the voting system. Really? Yeah. I, I like that, that, st- I like that stuff. <laughs> I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, they want uh, to s- scrap interest on student loans as well. Yeah. It's re- like really... Yeah. Like somewhat progressive, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think that if they did decide to field candidates and they did win seats, a few seats, maybe they, I mean, UKIP in their biggest election were the third most voted for party, weren't they? Yeah, um, they were only one, I think, one or two seats. I think they've but only ever had one, one haven't they? One, they won one seat, yeah. they were the third most voted for party. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that we need political reform, yeah. what does? Because yeah. whether you agree with them or not, if you're for a democracy, yeah. a, a true democracy, yeah. they true should have the third most amount of seats. Mm-hmm. All right? That's, you know, yeah. the mood of the country. Um, and I think that that's a point where people on the centre and on the left can get a bit inconsistent with their views. I think that you can turn around and say, well, no, I'm actually glad that we don't because I don't want them in power. Mm. It's like, well, Absolutely. you can't argue for true democracy and then, but only when it favours you, right? Um, so if they did stand all these candidates and they did win seats, and then I think that if there was a coalition between the Conservatives and the Brexit Party, we'd leave, I think we'd, there'd be a good chance that we'd leave on no deal. Um, I could see them becoming very popular after that because if they're the sorts of issues that they're taking up that's the sort of thing that I can imagine mm. the Labour Party do you think they'd rebrand being for yeah probably because yeah. I was trying to figure out what Farage's goal is because at one point we were discussing I think that we thought that he was just trying to stay relevant and that he didn't he wasn't backing a deal uh, exit because he just wanted to try and postpone the Brexit fiasco for as long as possible so that he didn't mm. you know get lost in the shadows kind of thing uh, there was talk of him standing down, like when he stood down from UKIP, kind of disappeared for yeah, a while, didn't he? He did. And he was—he's been on this turning point USA oh, yeah. speech yeah. tour. There's a lot of money to be made there. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to James O'Brien the other day as well, and he was talking about this, and he was saying that Farage—he's you know—he's he, not not wealthy. He's made a lot of money. But he's not made as much money as the kinds of people that he spends all of his time with, like people like Aaron Banks, for yeah. example. He's not that rich. No. If you went on this circuit and became one of these kind of like you know right wing mm, commentators, commentators, yeah, you, you, there's a lot of money to be made there. So that's an avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously 
pal- pally with Trump. There's some relationship there. Yeah. What that is, who knows? Um, when he said he wasn't standing, he one of his uh, one of the quotes I saw from him was that he didn't want to be in politics for the rest of his life. So yeah. Maybe being an MP and all that isn't his ultimate goal. Rather, I think it probably was at a time. Mm. Obviously, it was. He stood seven or six <laughs> times. Yeah. But um, I don't know. As long as Brexit is an issue, he'll be there. And he speaks for a, he speaks for a portion of the country. So yeah. whether you agree with him or not, you have to accept that there are people out there that feel very much represented by what he believes. Um, but as far as their chances in the this general election, I think that not fielding those candidates is 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 not going to be good for them. And I, I what I was going to say was, I I don't see how them fighting against the Tories in Labour seats is going to help the Tories win a majority because they won't. The Brexit Party won't win enough votes in those seats to win the seats. I can't see them taking too many votes off the Labour Party now, but I can see them taking votes off Conservative voters. Mm. I think there there might be some Labour voters that that move, but I don't think it will be as big as the last election. Um, But I don't see how that's going to help the Conservatives. Well... I suppose it, it means that the Conservatives' core seats are most likely to stay Conservative. Right, yeah. But, like you said, yeah, I'm not sure So how they're going to win Labour seats. They'll also lose all the seats that they gained in Scotland, which is, I think, eight. I think they'll lose seats in Wales. I think they hold a few seats in Wales. So they have to gain those. They don't have a majority at the moment. They have to regain those seats elsewhere, probably in England, and then gain off of Labour, uh, like a, a, a lot of seats off of Labour to get a working majority. And I, I don't see that happening. And I've kind of given you my, my prediction there. I, I, I think that's yeah. why it'll end up in a hung parliament. Yeah. I do think that it will depend on youth voter turnout. So what do you think voter turnout will be overall. What was it the last election? For young people or entirely? Inti- well, both. both. For young both people, both. it was uh, 64%. Right. I'm not sure what it was entirely. I think it was around that mark um, as well. We can find that out. Yeah. Um, so what do you think... Uh, what do you think voter turnout will look like? Do you think it'll be higher? Do you think it'll be... So let me... Let me give you... Let's start with young people. How do you think young people will turn out to vote? It's increased since 2001, um, slowly. And it, it dipped a little bit in 2015. It was 40% in 2001. Then it was 36 in 2005, 52 in 2010, 44% in 2015, and then 64% in 2017. Right. So and that's, that's what was the highest in 10 years. That was the, the Labour... Um, no, that was when Labour picked yeah. up a lot of seats. They really mobilised the young people. So, I think it's most likely going to be similar to twenty seventeen. I think. Right. Um, Do you think they'll... there was just, just like a statistic that came out just after they announced the election? The election of how many how many young people had already signed up at time to the vote, and it was slightly lower than twenty seventeen. So I think yeah. it's probably going to be around the same. Yeah. So it was two days after the election were was called 300, just over 300,000 yeah. people signed up 
to vote, a third of those people, or over a third of those people, 126,000, I think it was, were under 25. Yeah. That's quite a big increase. Um, some of those people would already have been registered. But um, if you aren't registered, make sure you do. Yeah. There are still millions of people. Yes. There's about yeah. 9 million people that still aren't on the electoral register. Really? Um, and make sure if you're a student and you're at university, look at where your vote is going to mean more and vote in that area. You can vote via a postal vote. There are lots of ways to do it. Make sure that you read as much as you possibly can and you know, you'll, you'll make sure your vote matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever you do, make sure you sign up to vote. It takes two minutes. You go to mm-hmm. um, the .gov website and it's super easy. Yeah. Um, so make sure you do that. But The um, 2017 general election turnout was 68.8%. Apparently. Right, okay. So in the referendum, it was 64% as well. But 90% of over 65s voted. 90% of over yeah. 65s. Jesus. Wow. I've, I've heard it said that it's going to be in, interesting because this is a winter election, you know, how, especially in the, in the case of Do you think that'll matter? I, I don't know because I've, I've read that weather doesn't seem to make a difference here. Um, apparently it's, it's issues such as, you know, whether people think the vote counts, whether the parties are saying the same thing. Right. So... I yeah I don't know really we'll we'll have to see but I think because this is such a an energized election isn't it it's so he so heated yeah. it might not it probably won't make any difference at all there hasn't been a winter election for like nearly hundred years, years I think, yeah. yeah really yeah mm. um, what makes it different for being a winter election the fact that there are weather uh, yeah. anomalies going on at the time or... it might snow it might <laughs> be yeah, really might cold snow, people yeah. it gets darker earlier people are less likely to leave the house these are all the arguments that have been made I don't think it will impact mm, no. you've got from 7 in the morning till 10 in the <laughs> yeah, evening yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to matter yeah. what do you think about making it a national holiday I think they do it in France right I don't know I don't know I don't remember that being what do you think about as an idea I think it's a good idea do you yeah but then don't you run in, run in, uh, run in, into the issue of people treating it like a long weekend or something, especially if it's on like a Monday or something. People go away and... It's usually, on a, it's usually, on, usually on a Thursday, right? We have general elections. Yeah. Normally. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know about it being a bank holiday. I think if Maybe you want to... Or something. I think if you want to encourage people to vote... Yeah. And one of the reasons people give is, oh, I've had a long day at work, yeah, didn't have a chance in the morning, get home, I'm knackered, I don't want to go to the polling booth. Yeah. If you yeah. have a holiday dedicated just for voting, are more people likely to go and vote? I don't know. It doesn't take very long to go and vote, though, does it? It's like, but n- no, we'll get a postal vote. Right, but I mean, it's easy to say, <laughs> but people to have people, to yeah. go through the process of organising the postal ballot. Then they have to complete it. Then they have to send it off. Yeah, true. And whilst if we're all engaged, Can you imagine if you could vote online. So, this is another option, <laughs> but then you, you're you kind of open to voter fraud arguments. In the, the same... in the US, yeah. you know, it's um, electronic voting, isn't it? And we know that, they tampered with it, yeah. you know, there's been tampering with But surely elections. they can, they, you know, the same things can apply to postal votes or... Yeah, or in Russia they have yeah, a, people go a through paper and... ballot and yeah. there's video of people stuffing ballot boxes. <laughs> so, like... So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. I think you could make the same argument. Do you think that having an electronic vote, whilst we have things like you know Russian interference in elections being debated, and mm. do you, does that make it more open to tampering? Can you protect it completely? Uh, yeah, probably not. 
I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it'd be really interesting to speak to somebody that was sure, you know, had more knowledge. Probably, yeah, that knew what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that these are all things that need to be explored. I don't think that we can just use paper ballots forever. I think no. that you know, politics has to move with with the times. Um, but considering the fact that there possibly will be a hung parliament, or do, so whether there is or not, do you think Labour can win it? A majority? No. No. Okay. Do you think that increased youth turnout will make a majority for a party more likely or less likely? I think increased youth turnout would make a hung parliament more likely. Yeah. yeah. I kind of agree, I think. Which is not, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Of course, I, think... I want there's many, I want all young people to vote, but... Sure. Um, do you think because the young people are more likely to vote for what Labour or I'd say on Green I'd say that I mean there's a a fantastic conservative youth movement (laughs) but I think that the majority of young people sway left and um, will vote for left wing parties but I think the fact that they're so divided amongst those three parties but I also agree that I I can't see Labour winning the majority Um, and I I don't know whether... I think they've said they won't do one, haven't they? The Lib Dems, they won't do a coalition with the Labour Party. But I think... I think that'll change. I agree. I think that's important <laughs> to get as many votes as possible. It'll be in an informal agreement, won't it? Like, yeah. yeah. Like the Tories had with the DUP. Yes. And it's they'll say... Uh, we're saying this now so that we seem strong and... Yeah, and because otherwise, it's like a vote for the Lib Dems gets... Gets Labour in. Labour in. Yeah. And I, I think the Lib Dems will gain Tory voters. Yeah. I think there are yeah. to- moderate Tories that don't want Brexit to happen and like the fact that the Lib Dems are quite socially socially liberal, economically... Yeah. Uh, Fiscal. Well, you know, we, yeah. you know, we were talking before the podcast about the uh, two Labour MPs that suggested that people vote for uh, Conservatives. Yes. There was a Conservative MP, or ex-MP... I think David Gork. Yeah, who said uh. that people should vote for the Lib Dems. That was actually a question on the Demographica quiz. <laughs> so if you're not partaking in the Demographica quiz on Instagram, at Demographica1... Yeah, you're not going to know these important pieces of information. Quick plug. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah so... You've had that might, you know, Conservatives encourage. move over to the Lib Dems, Sam Jima, mm. prominent, young, Lots of Labour move over to the Lib Dems as well, though. Yeah, yeah, you have. Oh, there was the other one, the one that is a doctor. Philip Lee? Yes, he did, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he moved on. He, he yeah. was on the floor, wasn't he? he yeah, he, he moved walked over. over. Yeah, he walked over <laughs> yeah. to the Lib Dems. Oh, was that him? Yeah. Oh. Um, how do we think that Change UK will do? <laughs> are they still? Are they yeah, I think campaign? it's just Anna Subri. It's, yeah, it's just her. Yeah. Jesus, can you imagine when um, we got so? Can you remember when we got so excited about them last year? This yeah. time last year, yeah. We got excited about them because we're like, finally, there's going to be a bit of a change in British politics. There's going to be a bit of a mix up. You're going to have this party that are, are going to try and move away from the party system. Yeah. Um, and then they just joined up. Parties. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Their launch, because um, we were going to get the, in touch with them, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we, we, were, yeah. we were going to get in touch with them, and not to join or anything, but just to, you know, <laughs> ask them what their thoughts were. Yeah. And um, they're, it's just like, the, they're essentially the Lib Dems. I think yeah. Anna Subri would be well suited to the Liberal Democrats. Yeah. Um, they went silent for the first, like, four or five months, didn't they? Like, there was what, barely... the change? Yeah. yeah. 
And then the EU um, election came around and they... Yeah, they, were, they, and they kept changing their name as well, didn't they? Which doesn't yeah. help, does it? Yeah. The independent what they party. And then... It was the independent party, then it was Change UK. Then it was the independent group for change, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, because yeah. they were just being called cucks. Right. <laughs> so they, like, independent group for change. What is that? <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that scene in, in um, Monty Python and Life of Brian, isn't it? Where they're like, the um oh the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What is yeah it? the people's people's front, front of Judea yeah, yeah. Judea's <laughs> yeah. popular front <laughs> yeah exactly um so I I think they'll lose lots of seats um and I think we could see like Emily Thornberry's seat for example is being massively targeted by the Conservatives mm. um and the Liberal Democrats I think and you remember when Ed Balls didn't win his seat. Was that 2015? I think, yeah. Which, and then he went on Strictly Come Dancing. Which seat didn't... Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was Ed Ball's seat? Was it Sheffield or...? No, that was Nick Clegg. It was Nick Clegg. I don't know. Can you find that out? Or was it sure. Leeds, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I but know. anyway, he lost it. So I think you could, we could see some prominent... Lab- maybe this is Nigel Farage's game. He wants to then go on Strictly Come Dancing. That's it. It's been <laughs> the whole would... point of his political career is to be invited. Like, could you imagine Nigel Farage? I'd love that. Advancing? I think that would be great. I I, I agree. <laughs> that could get him the knighthood that he's so yeah, yeah that he's desperate wins for, yeah. strictly, <laughs> and then runs, and then gets in yeah. or gets goes into the House of Lords. That's the well. We've that's just a, planned out his trajectory for him, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's going to be some movement, I think, of like prominent MPs that are going to lose their seats. Uh, and like big change in heartlands. So, in the in the north, or north, are we going to see Labour? Oh, <laughs> sorry, he was the MP for Normanton from two thousand five to two thousand and ten, and then Morley and Outwood from two thousand. Where is Morley and Outwood? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I think that those seats, the traditionally Labour seats in the north, are going to be quite under threat. I, I mean, we're talking about about this. Uh, it being the Brexit election, and of course that's going to be the main issue. But yeah. this is still a general election, isn't True. it? How willing are people going to be to move from from Labour's? You know, from it's not it's not like they're all going to suddenly change their opinions on everything else just because, True. just because of Brexit. True. So, I I heard that one of the things that makes a Brexit party appealing is that traditional uh, Labour voters aren't going to suddenly want to shift to the to the Conservatives. No, so they're going to vote for the Brexit party instead. Yeah. So, so in, in that, northern constituencies, yes, would that allow Labour to hold the seats? Possibly not, because it's and then who's the second biggest party in those places? That's the question. I don't know yeah. the answer to that. It's probably the Conservatives, but are they going to gain enough votes to be able to get in comparatively to yeah. the majorities that Labour have? Yeah, because there's there's some Labour seats that voted like sixty percent leave, like a lot, and you've got. MPs in those seats that are campaigning for a second referendum. Yeah. Unless you're a really good local MP or really strong on other issues that are popular in those areas, like, you know, bringing back industry or whatever it might be, mm. devolving powers to the north, are you going to be able to hold on? I, I don't know. This is the where, like, the problem with the lack of clarity of the Labour position because they haven't been rock solid in like this is what we're about and this is what we're sticking by but we're also going to do all this other stuff which I think is a lot of people like the sound of um, people now can't vote for them uh, does Jeremy Corbyn um, appeal to 
traditional Labour voters in northern constituencies. I don't know if he does. And are you going? Are Labour going to have enough young people that go to university in the north mm. voting in those constituencies? This is why it's so unpredictable because you've got there's so many factors. Yeah. Um, mm. It's going to be a bloody interesting election to pick apart afterwards. Yeah, for sure. You know what happens yeah. to the Labour Party after? Will Corbyn have have to resign? If it I think he win. probably he will. I think he probably will. Um, John McDonnell wants a female leader next. He said that Corbyn will probably go if they lose the next election. And There's no way he can't. After losing, that would be, what, the third election that he's lost? Yeah. yeah. And a referendum. Yeah. Although he didn't necessarily... Really campaign. <laughs> second, second election he's lost. The second, yeah. Yes. So, well, they would argue probably that they didn't lose the last election of course they did but nobody won right that's what <laughs> yeah. they probably argue yeah. but um, but no I don't know um, I don't think that we've seen well how, how would you mobilise young people if you wanted to I mean there's some really good organisations that are getting young people to register to vote one called Vote for Your Future which is doing a really good job um, you know another apolitical organisation that is just trying to get young people engaged in politics is what we like to see would love to work with more you know groups that are doing that kind of thing because it's about the overall goal of getting young people to mobilize um how do you go about that and how do you go about ensuring that that lasts for future elections that's quite a big As in question like keep voting for the same no, no, not not how do you get them to vote for a certain party, but just how do you get them to get out and vote? How do you get your right, right, to get right. out and vote? People that aren't interested in politics particularly, that aren't even registered, that 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 don't think that they're it, it, politics appeals to them. Mm. How do you get those people out to vote? <laughs> so that's quite it's, a, it's, that's it's, a big question. Yeah. Um, I mean, policies like. Reducing yeah, I mean, fees. Get your policy list out, bro. All right, okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, policies like that, like re- reducing uh, tuition fees for universities, or making it easier for uh, younger people to start businesses, or uh, get into the housing market. Mm-hmm. All these sort of policies that make it easier for for younger people. Sure. But the the question is whether without political education do do younger people look for that kind of thing when they're voting I don't know Um, I think one of the things is to combat this myth that the parties are all the same and that all politicians are the same because I remember that being the general feeling like amongst like my friends and stuff Mm -hmm. uh, just before the 2016 referendum that oh it doesn't matter it's all they're all exactly the same you know we just had the Cameron, Miliband, Craig yeah. election. Yeah. They all look they all pretty look, similar. Yeah. What shade of grey do you want? They're all basically saying the yeah. same thing. You know. Um, yeah, so I, I think now is such a good time to try and get young people engaged in politics, isn't it? Because of how you've got two vastly different parties. Yeah. You can't say that, you can't say that they're, they're the, the same, same yeah. can you? Yeah, yeah they're, they're very clearly defined. You have a left-wing party. You have, you have well, yeah, you have a right-wing party or centre-right party and you have a centre party. Yeah. That's their their yeah, options yeah, yeah. right there, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if you can do it without political education. I don't think you can. I was talking to I had a meeting with um, 
Kyle Marsh, who's the Lib Dem candidate for Dartford, the constituency that I'm from, uh, yesterday, and he's he was born in Canada. And he was saying in Canada when he was younger, he was part of a movement that set up fake ele- a fake election for young people and got it into schools. Not only did they get it into like thousands of schools across Canada, they counted all the ballots, and then the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation um, reported on that election as if it was a real election. So they broke down all the figures and they had the results come in and people read it out. So it was it was an election, mm. you know, a fake election. Young people went along, they all participated, their votes were counted and heard. You reduce the anxiety of going out to the polling booth because you've done it before and you know what the process is. You know, they had a winner and that's how they increased. And it's now like a, you know, it's a thing that happens. They have civics lessons, um, right. so they do have political education as well. But I, I don't... I don't think that you're going to get true representation of young people. I know a lot of... I mean, obviously we talk about the Labour Party being the predominant force for young people because that's who young people tend to vote for more. But I know a lot of young people that that want to vote Conservative. That when I speak to them, the Conservative Party is the party that seemingly represents their views the most. But there is such a taboo about being a Conservative young person yeah. that those people feel like they can't get engaged or they're more worried to get engaged because what are people going to say if you're a young Tory? You know, there's a lot of stereotyping that goes along there. There's a lot of mockery. Look at the guy that asked a question. I don't know if you've seen this video. Asked a question on question time. He didn't really ask a question. He was just, you know, he was saying that we need to get Brexit done. People voted for it. This is what's the fact that it's not been done and not been delivered is why there's so much division in this country. And there's only one party that's going to do that. That's repeatedly tried to get that done. And that's the Conservative Party. That's what he said. Um, you don't have to agree with that view, but I think it's quite ballsy for a young person to sit on question time and say something like that and have be that passionate about a belief. The, the mockery he was getting on social media was outrageous. From like Labour Party, you know they've got the red rose in their name. Yeah, and I just think, what are you? What, what you're perpetuating what you claim to dislike. When Jess Phillips stands up and talks about let's stop this animosity and political violence and you know abuse, everybody loves it. Yeah. Jess Phillips, hero, I agree. But you are perpetuating that same behaviour. Mm-hmm. The more that continues to happen, and the more we stop political education from occurring the more these kinds of problems are going to exist, I think. I mean, we went to university with a lot of conservative students. Yeah, in the, uh, in the political union, yeah. there were quite a few uh, conservatives, weren't there? Yeah. I think the conservative society was quite big as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, Very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of stuff. And it, but redu- re- remove the stigma from, you know, young people having non-left-wing beliefs mm. and sit down and have conversations with each other you don't always have to agree yeah but I, one of the main reasons i think um jeremy corbyn got voted for so much by younger people last time was because he kind of became a bit of a viral trend didn't he mm. there was sort of all those like memes or songs it's the glass of yeah. yeah that and i remember being in a club at university yeah, I do too, and then putting that song seven on. nation army yeah. coming on and people um, chanting jeremy corbyn yeah yeah me too so so, but does are, that is, are the conservatives doing enough to get that kind of? Yeah, but is that how you get young people to vote by making? Yeah, you know, it's it's um, applying traditional politics with young culture. Yeah, popular culture. I'd say. Yeah, um, cultural trends. Yeah. 
And uh, Momentum are fantastic at that. Yeah. You know, love them all. I actually them. saw a video of Momentum, uh, by Momentum, sorry, on uh, Facebook yesterday. Yeah. Sort of, it was like a video of two, of a man and a woman. They were both supposed to be members of the Conservative Party and they were saying how uh, the Conservatives don't want young people to vote. And uh, it was sort of saying, don't go and register at gov.uk right. because... The Conservatives don't want you to vote. They're yeah, very good. Because of this reason. Yeah, they're, they're very good at targeting young people. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, I, an argument could be made that there are some... That, that the Conservative Party have not focused on young people's issues because they know that their core voter base is over 60s and people that live in certain areas that have a certain amount of income. I think that an argument can be made for that. I think Brexit has put the cat amongst the pigeons there. Yeah. But I think you could say that the reason that the Conservatives haven't targeted young people is because young people haven't traditionally voted Conservative. And then you have this cycle. You know, if Conservatives started enacting policies, which they kind of have spoken about, that were aimed at young people, you're going to have more young people feel, you know, ready to vote Conservative. Um and I think a lot of it also depends on how your parents vote, too. Um, I think that comes into it. I don't know if that affected you guys much. Uh, not particularly, just because... Yeah, I suppose. I grew up in a different country, so I think it had a bit of a different effect. But I kind of formed my own opinion when I came back to the UK yeah. and was then able to vote. Yeah. But what about you, Alex? Uh, yeah, I don't know, really. Um I'm having pretty heated arguments with my mum recently over <laughs> over Brexit and oh, issues really? like that. But um, yeah, it's not it's not like I've ever been told who to vote for or no, neither was I. Thing. But then no. I, I I don't think my parents were particularly engaged in politics before Brexit. I, I know I wasn't, so you mm. know uh, that's probably one good thing that's at least come out of Brexit. Yeah, I was going to say I was, I was actually it's engaged. It certainly seems to have engaged people far more than. Yeah, but mm. I, I think I think that without doing any kind of targeting of young people, Brexit and the climate crisis have yeah. sort of naturally mobilised yeah. young people anyway. Yeah. On on either side, there are a lot of prominent young people that you know are very pro Brexit. There are a lot of prominent young people that are very second referendum or Remain, um, and a uniting factor in that has been people like Greta Thunberg, Fridays for Future and the climate strikes and Extinction Rebellion. Um, and those things are going to continue to mobilise young people anyway. I think 16 to 25 year olds now more than ever realise that they they have a voice yeah. and they want to engage. Mm-hmm. And it's just giving young people the chance to, the opportunity to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think young voter turnout this election is going to be very high. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think that only good can come from more people voting. You want people to be yeah, involved yeah. in democracy, right? Yeah. Um, but and I think it could be the decider in as far as I don't think it will decide who gets a majority, but I think it could decide who doesn't get a majority. Mm. Uh, you know, if you look at traditional trends. Um, Did you say that voter turnout in 2006 was 36%? 2005. 2005. Was yeah. that overall or just That was people? 16 to 24-year-olds. Still. Or 18 to 24-year-olds, sorry. How that's seriously low. Yeah. Right? Seriously low. And that was the... Who was uh, that in 2005? Tony Blair and 
and no, no, it's uh, would um, have been it would have been Tony Blair, wouldn't it? Yeah, and yeah, yes. David Davis, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Can you search that? Yeah, That's so sure. bad that I don't remember who that was. 2005? 2000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. was. before Gordon Brown, wasn't it? Yeah. Because 2010 was Brown. Was Brown's election. Was it? He didn't get yeah. elected. No, he, well, no, he no. didn't get elected, elected but he stood. It was, it was the, yeah. when he stood, yeah. yeah. Yes. God, that is awful. <laughs> yeah, who was it? Blair? Michael Howard. Oh. Ah. Okay, who was the... Charles Kennedy was the Liberal Democrat. And that, what Labour. was the majority? The majority was... Labour won 355 seats, whereas Conservatives won 198. Right, yeah, it was another Blair. Yeah, it was another Blair. Well, we know there was another Blair victory, but I just wondered how much. 35.2% to Labour. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, young people turning up to vote is going to, again, make it even more unpredictable, but I think they will. Um... What do you think of the tactical voting? What do you think of? I've, I'm like at odds with that. I don't know whether to tactical vote or not. And but then I also don't know really who to vote for. So. Would your because your you 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 know it's classically pretty firm Labour seat, right? Yeah. What? Where I'm? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. would it even make a, sense what to vote Lib Dem? Would you want to vote Lib Dem? Would you? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know who I want to... I don't like the sound of any of... Every time I see, you know, things said by these different party leaders, I don't know who to trust and what to... (laughs) If to... Because a lot of it just sounds like they're trying to sway people. Whether they'll actually enact it. Like, like this... Well, I mean, everybody always says this, and I always say you can't vote based on that because if you voted based on that you would just wouldn't vote so you're just basing your vote on the ideas the policies that's what i would always recommend and if there's a party vote with your gut if there's a party whose policies that you like more vote for them regardless as as to whether you think they're going to get in or not but then but then in that case people who vote conservatives and who have seen that like that their lies and and whatnot recently would you say the same thing to them yeah i would yeah because you don't think that lies and corruption and that should would should deter people? But if your issues are, I want you to quantify those lies for me. What lies? Well, I mean, I, I'm talking like outrageous comments or or the fact that, um, you know, the in 2015 was it that Cameron pledged to build twenty thousand mm-hmm. more affordable homes and that's not been met or. You know those kind of things that that comes out that they haven't been respect or they haven't been um, yeah respected. I think that if I was a campaigner for another party, I would focus on those issues. But if I was a campaigner for the Conservative Party, yeah. and I was trying to, and you were a possible Conservative voter, mm-hmm. I think I'd be saying there's other stuff that the Conservative Party has done in that time and you, political targets are never met mm-hmm. nobody ever meets those targets and if there's key issues that you want that you agree with if you want to get Brexit done if you th- that's what I would moral, focus on it's a bit of a so, moral dilemma then for me though to, to then to think to think about these policies and think oh they sound good but are they saying it right but you could pick up to... Labour policies I think that you could make an argument if you're talking about David Cameron and it was a different government you could turn around and say well are you going to vote Labour because of the war in Iraq yeah I definitely could and and I agree this is why I don't know who to right. vote for 
Okay, so then if, if, if you're in that position, then it's difficult, right? Because <laughs> yeah. all political parties have history. Exactly. But I don't think you should vote based on the no, history of a political sure. party. But it's also based on the characters, like Rhys Mogg or... or, or um, sure, I mean, Johnson Brett, or... I'm going to be honest, I don't think you're a prospective, no, but possible even, conservative but even, voter. <laughs> but... but even Corbyn with his... Uh, like The fact that his Brexit stance was so vague for God knows how many sure, years. And yeah. I, it's just... There are massive flaws in every single party. Yeah. Um... <laughs> doesn't help me when the no, it doesn't. friend no, decides no. who to vote for. But then you have to look at the policy platforms of all of those parties and say, and have a proper look and say which one of these stands out to me as if all of these policies were enacted, how would the country look? Would I be happy with that? Mm. Is it going to benefit me? Is it going to make society better yeah. and benefit people that need to be benefited? I guess it's about voting for the policies you want and then if they don't get put in place, you... you have a go at the government absolutely and, put them in place, and then but... you hold them to account yeah. because otherwise you would never vote and you can't vote you can't you know I think that we should focus on policy rather than character and whilst I think that you can you can criticise the character of all the leaders and lots of major figures within every single party there are more substantive criticisms to be made of the policies of all the parties. Sure. So what I would say to... And I'd never tell somebody not to vote for a party. Yeah. Uh, that's not the position that I want to be mm-hmm. in. You know, That's not what the company was started for. If there's somebody that feels like... they, If somebody lives in a Labour seat and they, want, they agree more with the Conservative Party and they're like, well, I just don't think I'm going to vote because Labour are going to get in, I would say absolutely vote. Yeah. And vote for the party whose policies that you like more, but but judge it on the policies. Sure. Don't judge it on Jacob Rees-Mogg laying down, or don't judge it on the fact that <laughs> that Jeremy Corbyn once met Jerry Adams. Yeah. Base it, it on the policy platform. I think it is quite telling, though, of our political system. If I mean, I I'm, I don't think I'm the only person in the UK to think this, but to be so disassociated with. No, I think it's parties. probably the. I'd say there was quite possibly the majority of people yeah mm. so I think it's quite telling that we we distrust our politicians so much yeah. to the point where yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't know there needs to be some kind of change there because yeah how can we keep for voting sure. for people we just don't trust and then end up I, 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 I talk to, to Amy about this a lot and her point is always they're never going to do all the stuff that they say they're going to do mm. so what's the point and that is the fault of politicians but we as a generation have to turn around and say, we are not going to allow this to continue. And if you don't enact the policies, if you get into power and don't enact the policies that you say you're going to, we are not going to vote for you. Look how damaged the Lib Dems were after not yeah. Um, yeah. putting in place the tuition fees policies mm-hmm. that they promised. Yeah. You know, people who were like committed Lib Dems will now never vote for the Lib Dems again. Again, I think Brexit's changed that somewhat, but um, they wouldn't have if it wasn't for Brexit. These things hang, the Iraq war, Thatcher, you know, how many people up and down the country will never vote Conservative or would never have voted Conservative because of Margaret Thatcher? 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But these things linger and they stay in the memories of people and they are deeply, you know, entrenched in our society. What I want to see is moving away from the personal, focusing on the political, and vote for the party whose policies most you know, represent you, represent your 
ideas, your way of looking at things, and the party that you think is going to enact those policies best. Um, mm. No party is ever going to be perfect, is it? Of course. There's no, there's no perfect way to vote. But that's the beauty of that's politics. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that no one's ever right, no one's ever wrong. Well, they probably are, <laughs> but you can make a case for everything being right and nothing being right. You know, it's it's all subjective and it's about winning people over. And I don't think that any political party is doing that very well at the no. moment at all. Um, okay, predictions then. Yeah. I mean, you already gave yours, didn't you? Well, I reckon yeah. it will be a hung parliament. Conservative hung parliament. Or... Yes. Uh and then a minority government of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another general election very soon. <laughs> another general election. Yeah, I just don't think we ever... I think the Brexit means that we're never going to... We're not going to get out of this cycle for a long time. And it just means political instability. Mm-hmm. Um, the, only way that it, the only way that Brexit gets done by the next deadline, which is, what, 31st of January, right? Yeah. Is if there's a Conservative majority. I don't think there'll be a Conservative majority... And therefore, I think there's going to be a long extension. Oh, it's not. It's not going away. No. It's not go- whether there is a conservative majority and we leave. It's still not going yes. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's a Labour government, or let's say the Lib Dems get a majority and they revoke Article Fifty, it's not going away. No. We've opened Pandora's box now. It's there forever. You know, this will be an issue, no matter what. Mm-hmm. How you solve that? <laughs> I'm not the one to ask. Anyway, what do you think? Uh, I think small conservative majority. Okay. I think they probably will win over some of the seats in in la- uh, Labour hearts while still hanging on to their traditional conservative seats. Now, now that the Brexit Party has announced that it's not standing in half half the constituencies that it was going to, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. And we leave on the thirty first. Oh, I'm not sure what will happen okay. then if. Yeah, if, if there's a conservative majority, if there's a conservative majority, yeah, I don't know whether there's. I mean, surely they've still got to go for the deal, haven't they? Now yeah, because it'll be in the manifesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I kind of agree with that. I think it's probably going to be a small conservative majority, but I also feel like it can just change it. <laughs> there could be a, a news headline in five minutes that completely changes it. So I don't know. Do you think so, if they released the Russia dossier, it would have been that major? I don't think people no. care enough, to be honest. I, I think they should. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, we, we've had all this with Cambridge Analytica, you know, to do with the Brexit vote, fiddling with that, and it hasn't changed anything, has it, really? No. Not really. No. Sad. So, Interesting. It's a very depressing thought to leave it on. Really. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's exciting because, you know, it means that we're going to have much more of this. I'll be honest, I'm a psycho. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I mean, there's a lot of instability. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things wrong in the country and, you know, with discourse. But I I can't get enough. (laughs) I still still can't get enough. So, you know, I'm perfectly happy. Politics is bloody interesting at the moment. You're a sadist. So, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Political sadism. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much for listening. If you want to engage more, then... Ah! Yes. I do have announcements. Oh. Well, you know. We have two articles up on our website, Demographica... 
Has the website been launched now? Dot com. Oh, yes, it has now. <laughs> um, Demographicauk.com. Go there, click on the articles page. Please read. Please read the phenomenal article by Alex de Boyk about the similarities between World War II rhetoric and, and Brexit, Brexit rhetoric. rhetoric. Also, the lovely Kate Wright, Brett Lee's girlfriend, <laughs> yes. wrote a fantastic article on the ode to the public library and its importance in societies and yeah. communities. It's a very good article. It is. They're both fantastic. Um, we will have much, m- much more. We have many more articles back <laughs> up, uh, up on the website, so keep checking them out. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in writing, then get in touch via social media or our email, demographica1 on Instagram, demographica underscore on Twitter, demographica limited on facebook no demographica uk on facebook and we'll speak to you very soon thanks for listening take care